Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Tiger Zone podcast for the Princeton Class of 2010. I'm your host, Jeff Kerchick, and today I'm joined by a very special guest. Uh, we've had some authors in our class. I don't know if we've had anybody who's written as many books as this author, though. Um, she has written five books. She's working on her sixth book, and it is a great pleasure to be joined today by Katie McGee. Katie, how are you? Uh, how are you doing today? Thanks so much for having me, Jeff. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you as a fellow writer um, and uh, to learn from you. So tell me a little bit about your background. You know, I, I think just so pe people can get to know you, um, you know, wh where you're from and what you were interested in growing up, obviously you went to Princeton. But yeah, tell us about what got you there and what you studied there and, um, you know, Absolutely. how you kind of started to go after college. So I grew up in Houston, Texas and studied English at Princeton. And then immediately after graduation, I moved to New York and actually worked in book publishing. So I very much, I knew that I wanted to be involved in books in some way, or at least in entertainment. And after four years of working in book publishing and editorial, I, I started to work on this concept that eventually became my first novel. I also went to business school in the meantime because I still wasn't totally sure what I wanted to do and thought maybe that I wanted to start some kind of production company or, or some other group in the entertainment space, but then ended up selling the manuscript for my first book in 2015. And since then, I have become a full-time writer. So I um, have moved back to Houston where I'm from. I married Alex Field, who was also in our class, and we just had our first baby in September. And so that is everything that is keeping me busy. So it's been a lot of fun. I, I love that I work for myself. I love that my job is creative. I feel very lucky that I get to do something that I actually most of the time think is a very fun job. Obviously, it has it's tricky and difficult moments like any job. There, there's a reason that it's called work. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I really do enjoy it. And um, and I'm excited to keep doing it. Yeah, that's awesome. I remember I was an, I was an English major myself. I remember people telling me, um, you know, they're joking. You're not going to get a job after college. You majored in English. What are you going to do? And uh, look at you. You wrote, you wrote a bunch of books. So you proved all the doubters wrong. And I guess, you know, being an English major at Princeton, um, I'm curious, what was your thesis on? My thesis was not my finest work, and I would not like to go back and reread it. I actually tried to write a novel for my thesis, but um, had a bit of a tricky situation where the English department decided after I'd written part of the novel that they weren't going to accept a creative thesis since I wasn't actually a creative writing minor. Um, my advisor had told me it was okay, but I guess it was not okay. So I did a very, like, I, I'm sure many people scrambled to write their theses in this amount of time, but of course I had not planned to. So I basically threw together a, a whole, an actual academic thesis in like the 11th hour about, um, I wrote about historical fiction in America because the novel that I was trying to write was a historical fiction. And so I, I kind of wrote about like the tropes of historical fiction and how, and how that genre has changed over time. Interestingly, none of the books that I have published are historical fiction, but I do have a concept, a couple of concepts, but one in particular in my back pocket that are historicals that I would love to, to investigate someday. So it's possible I will bring those back. As for the book that was my thesis, I don't know. I don't know if I will ever bring it back. It was set in 
17th century France that basically at the court of Louis the 14th and was something that I very nerdily at Princeton was really found interesting and fun, but does not have broad commercial appeal right now. <laughs> so, um, so that one's on the back burner for the time being. Yeah, that's, that's all right. Um, what is it that, you know, you, you think got you really excited about writing? What is it that like, get, you know, gets you up every day excited about writing? What is it, you know, what does it give you? So I'm one of those people who I think just always wanted to be a writer. When I was a child and, and people asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I said that I wanted to be an author. And, you know, I think, as I said, I, I think that doing a job that is creative is, is just so much fun and so freeing. It's, I love that, you know, I get to get to build something and create something from scratch again, you know, it's, it can feel very daunting at times when you're staring at a blank page, but, but in that sense, you know, it feels very rewarding because at the end I've created a book and it's a tangible object that I can hold and show people and friends and family who know me well, I think really both have a, have a more fun experience reading it because they know me. And so they see all the Easter eggs from my own life. And also I think know me better after they've read it, if that made sense. So that part is all really great. And then I actually think that for anyone who works for themselves will understand what I mean when I say that it's so nice to be my own boss. You know, I did, I didn't spend long at a traditional job. As I said, I worked in book publishing for actually for a group that's a subsidiary of Warner Brothers in New York for four years which, you know, was in that sense, a very traditional office job, collaborative team, but very much had to answer to other people. It was hierarchical. I had to log vacation days and all of that. And now that I work for myself and am my own boss, I can't imagine going back to an office and actually sitting there, you know, with just in the cubicle day in and day out. I, I love um, I love being in charge of my own schedule. You know, everyone kind of has worked from home in the past year because of COVID, but I, I have been working from home for the last five years and know all the pros and cons of, you know, it, it can definitely get lonely. And I think I have to struggle and combat that by making sure that I carve out time to, to get out of the house and to either work somewhere else or, you know, have lunch with a friend or, or just do something to break up the day. Cause it's, it is really challenging to try to just do eight hours of creative work and your brain just kind of starts to short circuit at, at one point. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so I, I definitely, you know, have tried to kind of figure out my own path in working for myself and working from home, but I do, I love being my own boss and, you know, I, I have an LLC now I'm actually a company and for tax reasons, primarily. Um, mm -hmm. But, but I really, I am the, I'm the owner and sole employee. So it is nice that, you know, I, I really don't have to answer to anyone except of course, to my editor at the end of the day, but, but on a, on a week by week level, I get to really kind of manage myself in my own time. So if there's, if there's a day that I need to take off to do something, you know, go to a doctor's appointment with the baby or leave town for a long weekend. I don't have to stress about getting permission for that. I just have to be an adult and know that if I'm not doing the work that day, then the, the work needs to be done some other time. And I'm going to have to find 
another opportunity to make sure that I don't fall too far behind schedule. That said, I often am behind schedule, but, but I do my best to manage it. Yeah, no. And, and I would imagine, you know, sitting down for so long, you know, that can be tough. How do you draw inspiration for the things that you write? You know, is it from, um, is it from an every, is it from everyday experiences or is it more like you sit down and brainstorm? Does it just come to you? Like, what is the, what is the creative process look like for you to come up with um, the content that you put together? I should explain quickly what my two series are. So my, my first series is a trilogy that's, uh, it's called The Thousandth Floor, and it's basically a love story set in a futuristic Manhattan. All of my books have a, quite a bit of romance in them. Um, they're not romances with a capital R in the sense that they're not they're not just romance. They have other things going on, and, and they're not, um, they're, they're meant for younger readers, women ages kind of 14 to 30. So they're, they're very PG to PG-13 rated rather than anything more salacious. But, um, but so the first series is set in a futuristic Manhattan. It's kind of the Jetsons-esque in tone in the sense that it's a very fun, optimistic future and not a scary dystopian Hunger Games-esque world. And then my, my more recent books are called American Royals. They are set in a world where America is like England and has a royal family. And they follow the the basically the prince and princess of America and all of their their growing up and their romances. So tonally that one I compare often to Crazy Rich Asians, but with tiaras in the sense that it's very fun, lighthearted, doesn't take itself too seriously, um, can veer almost towards over the top and its opulent settings and and sort of outrageous behavior of the characters, but ultimately also has a bit of tongue-in-cheek satire about the world we live in. So those those are my books. So obviously they're both set in speculative worlds that are not actually a direct comparison to the world that we do live in. That said, whenever you write fiction, you're drawing upon your own experiences. You know, at a very basic level, if you're writing your character feeling sad, then you are trying to remember times that you as an author were sad and, and capturing, you know, what the feeling is, <laughs> like, how, how did you feel when at the time that you were sad? And so, so what that means is usually, you know, when things are happening to the characters, I try to remember analogous things that happened to me and, and draw upon them to, to build the character's internality in those scenes. So even if the character's doing something that's totally outside of my own experience, you know, if it's the princess of America finding out that she basically has to have an arranged marriage, I'm like trying to think of, you know, what, what, what experiences of mine can I draw upon to make this feel as real as possible because you want it to feel authentic and feel like it's something that could actually happen. And then of course, like I said, there are, there are actually some very small things that make their way into the book that are direct pulls from my life. Um, the more the American Royals books have a whole subplot set at a school called King's College. I'm giving this one because it's the Princeton podcast and they're so if you read the books, you will see that it's basically, I just wrote Princeton as a place called King's College. So little things like the gate tradition of how, you know, you can't walk through, walk out of the gate or you won't graduate. Um, that's in the book with a little bit of a wink, wink to Princeton people. They, two of the characters go to ice cream at a place called 
the broken spoon. Obviously, that's the bent spoon. So there are just little funny things that I put in there that I've I've been very pleasantly surprised by the number of readers, people who I don't even know who went to Princeton different years than us and are like, this is Princeton. I recognize it. And I go, yeah, it is. That's where I went to college. So if I'm writing college scenes, that's kind of what I'm drawing from, especially because I'm trying to write, uh, you know, an East Coast Ivy League school. So, um, so in that sense, that's a lot of fun. That's great. What, what, like, yeah, it sounds, so it sounds like you get a lot of feedback on your writing. What's like the most heartwarming piece of feedback anyone's ever given you on either one of your books or another work that you've done? Oh, I love hearing from readers. I get, I mean, like I said, my readers are often young women. So I, they will find me through, through Instagram, or um, I do have an, an email form on my website and they will reach out. You know, I, I think the, my favorite is always when I hear from, from people who are aspiring authors and want to write and they feel like in some way I have inspired them or made them feel empowered to go write for themselves. You know, again, it's, it's such a non-traditional career and it can be very scary to follow a non-traditional career. I think when we graduated, I felt like I was surrounded by classmates who were going into consulting or banking and had a very clear path forward with promotions at set times, you know, with, with a clear salary goals. And I was starting, you know, it took me a while even just to find my job in publishing. I actually worked as a temp at Bloomberg News for four months, I think from like August to November of the of 2010, because I was living in New York and trying to find a job in book publishing. And I mean, I'll tell you, being a temp on a, at a news channel, even Bloomberg is not a glamorous job. You know, I'm like cleaning up coffee spills and picking up guests from the front desk and taking them to hair and makeup. And it was, I definitely had moments where I was with classmates of ours who, you know, worked in investment banking or whatever it was. And I felt like, I don't even have a real job. What am I doing? Um, but, but eventually of course, then I found my job in publishing and then I ended up here and it's just funny how, kind of how those paths end up shaping where you don't really know when you're on them, where you're going and, and like I said, it just, it can feel really risky to do something that is not what everyone else is doing. So I'm glad to hear when I, when I feel like I'm giving other people the confidence to do something that feels outside of the traditional wheelhouse. Yeah. And, and on that note, you know, you talk about um, inspiring other writers. What advice would you give to an aspiring writer? I mean, it's a risky career, right? It's like you said, it's not these other career paths that a lot of our classmates went down are a little more, um, I wouldn't say guaranteed, you obviously have to work hard, but there's a little bit more of like a trajectory that's, um, you know, understandable, I suppose, that if you do well, you'll, you'll follow a certain path, but with writing, not so much, it's very risky. So what would you, um, what advice would you give to somebody who's an aspiring writer, let's say, you know, a Princeton student who's thinking about doing what you're doing, what do you wish maybe even that you knew back then? You know, I would say to, to not be afraid, which kind of echoes what I said before, but I think it is, it's very easy to just turn aside from something that, that feels so risky and to say, I can't afford to take the risk. Obviously, you know, if you can find a job that allows for flexibility to write, that is a huge help. The, the thing about 
the thing about writing is that unlike many creative jobs, you know, to, to get started, you have to do all the work up front. It's so, so you have to, if you're going to sell a book, you have to actually write the book first and then you can sell it. You know, you can't, unless you're JK Rowling and you want to, and you say, I'm selling my next book and I don't know what it is yet. That's a different story. But when you're a first time writer, you know, you can't, you can't just sell an idea. That's not how entertainment works. If it did, you know, there would be, it would be very difficult to, to weed out the good from the bad. Right. So, so I think, um, you know, you have to find something that allows you the time and the space and the mental energy to actually write a novel or write a screenplay or whatever it is that you're trying to create. And that might end up meaning that you take a step back from a more intellectually challenging job. So a lot of the people who I know who have written a book while, you know, while working ended up having to quit their more traditional office job, whether that was, whether they were a lawyer or whether they were working in marketing. And, um, and then they, they kind of found ways to fill their time with odd jobs of they worked as a dog walker or a bartender or something so that it didn't, even though they were still getting an income, they had more flexible hours and of course, weren't taxing their brain in the, in those hours that they were working. I think that's the hardest thing is if you're doing a, another full-time job to then come home and pour the mental effort that you need to into a book is just not feasible. And, um, and then just to stick with it, because as you said, publishing is it, you know, it's a long road to try to get something from a book to, you know, from, from a manuscript to an actual finished book, but it, it can be done. And it just takes, it takes kind of banging on doors and getting, just getting one person to, for, to finally read it and give it the attention that you need. And then, you know, all you, all you need is the one right person to kind of make it happen. That's fantastic. Thank you. And um, I guess to wrap up, where can folks find your work um, and where can they look you up for more information about you and all the projects that you're working on? So I am on social as Catherine McGee. My books are published under Catherine because that sounds much more authorial than Katie. And um, it's K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E, the old school Jane Austen spelling. And, um, and my, again, my series are The Thousandth Floor and American Royals. And those are both available anywhere that books are sold. So at, at Barnes and Noble, at Amazon, um, they're on audiobook and ebook. And, and I, and they're make great presents for, for young cousins or friends who are, you know, women in their, I would say in their twenties and their teens or twenties. Awesome. Um, Katie, thank you so much for your time. Uh, real inspiration, writing a lot of books, more to come, uh, for those who are listening, make sure you check out her work. Um, and, and, uh, once again, thank you, Katie, for, for making the time with us today. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. See you guys next time.